Today on the show, we let go of the past as we let the future take care of itself. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. I'm Kevin. And I'm Jaden. And today, we, we are at the end. Today we finish our recap of the Kenobi story for you. This recap is going to be the last episode for Kenobi. Or will it be? Yes, they're very ambiguous about that. We don't know. Oh, we don't know. I I will say I'm not sure if I want a second season or maybe spin-offs. I don't know. I'm feeling I I didn't know that I wanted a second season until the season ended. I don't know if I want a second season. I feel like, you know, I always want more Hayden Christensen. I always want mm-hmm. more Ian McGregor. I don't necessarily know if I want more Kenobi. But before we get into that, we got to do some housekeeping. We love to hear from our listeners, so please email us at podcast at loreparty.com with your thoughts and episode ideas. Our teams also stream weekly on Twitch, so be sure to follow us on twitch.tv slash lore underscore party. And of course, you can connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. Now, this episode is a little bit long compared to the other ones. I would say yes. it's a- around episode three-ish length, right, you'd say? I'd say so, yeah. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just got a lot going on. There's a lot of back and forths, and there's just a lot going on. We'll get to the back and forths uh, when they do happen. We'll let you know. And we definitely have a lot of thoughts, so just prepare yourself. But this recap is going to be really fun, and you're going to hopefully enjoy the recap comparatively to all the other ones, because this one's going to be wild. Absolutely. So before we get to that recap... We do have a little bit of ad break stuff we're going to do. So we're going to hear a word from our sponsors, and we will be right back. Okay, so now we're back. Last episode, Jaden. Take it away. Absolutely. Once more onto the breach. So the episode opens on a small scene of a waterline on Tatooine. Uh, The same guy who was Obi-Wan's boss in, like, episode one... He's cutting the line being his, you know, his little dicky self. You know, you got something to say when he's stealing uh, water from people who need it. Mm. And all of a sudden, he's basically put, you know, he's basically stared down from behind by a uh, hooded figure who is revealed to be Reva, who has magically survived her stab wound on the uh, the pathways hidden base. And she is here. Uh, she she uses the force to push the water from his hand. And then asks the man running the waterline about a farmer named Owen, whom she remembers from the very first episode. You gotta remember, Owen's a moisture farmer. Oh, snap. He's a water farmer, so that's probably one of his, one of his suppliers. Exactly. Also, don't forget, Reva is really banged up. Yep. <laughs> She's super bandaged. Uh, like, really bandaged. You see, like, a red bandage around her that's clearly dirty and bloody. So she is messed up. But revenge does wonders, right? For the will to live. Ah. After this scene, we cut to a similar shot sequence of the opening of A New Hope. 
which I instantly thought of as soon as I saw it. We have the small, I know, right? We have the small cargo ship being chased by a Star Destroyer. We get a close-up of Vader, and he says to increase the firepower. And inside of the ship that they're on, the cargo ship, Roken walks over to everybody, and he's like, okay, so the hyperdrive's almost ready. Uh, Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be getting there soon. We'll be leaving soon. Now, for time frame reference here, if Reva is on Tatooine, they have clearly been on on the run for ship. a while. Yeah, they've been on the run for a while, just barely making it. And and Roken's like, you know, we're gonna divert all the power to the shields, the rear shields, and then we'll be okay. We'll be we'll be okay. However, he doesn't look too convincing. So Ben walks into the other room and he has his suspicions confirmed. They won't make it. Ben is like. How much time do you need? Yeah. The hyperdrive motivator is shot, which I was like, ah, episode yeah. one, I see. Yeah, yeah. So he asks uh, Roken, you know, how much time do you need? And Roken just looks at him and says, more than we have. Yep. Which then makes Ben, you know, he looks around at everyone on the ship and he sees Leia playing with a boy who is Corrin Horn, by the way. I'm so excited. You know, she comes over to, to Obi-Wan and she says, you know, everyone's scared. And then she pulls out Lola and she's like, you know, hey, Lola keeps their minds off being scared. To which Obi-Wan, I love Obi-Wan because he's like, maybe I should borrow this then. Yes. And it's like, aw. And then we cut right after that, we cut to Owen and Luke who are kind of walking into maybe a parts shop, junk shop kind of thing. Yep. And Luke's running around and and the owner kind of looks at Owen and is like, ah, like, you know, he's a feisty little kid. He's like, yeah, yeah, he definitely is. He broke my shit. <laughs> yes, and it seems as if Luke must have broken a speeder. Uh, Luke is, you know, just like his father, <laughs> breaking stuff, uh, putting them back together and everything. And then all of a sudden, the man from the waterline walks in, and he looks at Owen, and he's like, Owen, I need to tell you something. Which, you know, we, we all know what he's saying, but we, you know. I don't know. I was going to say, I was a little suspiciously, like, nervous about him. Like, I thought, like, uh-oh, like, is he going to lead them into a trap? What's going to happen, you know? I, I was wondering if maybe, like, uh, he was going to walk outside and that's where Reva was. But apparently, yeah, no, he just yeah. warned him. Yep. We find out later it is just a warning. Okay, so then we cut back to uh, the ship. And Leia is now yelling at Ben slash Obi-Wan, you know, you can't just leave me here. Ben says, you know, he's only leaving because he knows that Vader wants him and only him. So if he leaves... The civilians will be safe. And everyone there is like, no, please, you know, no, we can't let you go. He has this great line where he says, you spent 10 years protecting the Jedi. Let me return the favor. You are the future. You are what needs to survive. Leia is not happy. No, she is not at all. So furious. She, you know, she's her typical self. Like she wants to, you know, stop him. She wants to be, you know, be the hero. And Haja intervenes, you know, and Obi-Wan makes him promise to take care of her, to get her home. And he says, yes, I will. You know, for, 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 for a fake Jedi, he's doing a really good job, you know? Yeah. He even says, he's like, you know, for a fake Jedi, a smuggler, a stealer, blah, blah, blah. Like, my word hopefully is good enough. And, and Obi-Wan's like, <laughs> yes, it is yes. totally good enough. So after this, we cut now back to Owen and Baru on the farm. Owen's running around and he instructs Luke to go inside immediately, tells Baru that Reva is on her way. He wants to leave. He wants to get out of there. He wants to run, yeah. He wants, he's like, let's, that's it, we're out, we're leaving. And Baru completely fights him on it and she's like, no, this is my home. Like, no, this is not happening. Like, absolutely not. We are not leaving. And she opens a small secret hatch 
and starts pulling out guns and stuff and giving it to him. And yeah. He's like, what the fuck is this? He's like, hey, wait a minute. I was really worried that the that this cutaway was going to be like, I wasn't going to care about this versus like the yeah. the uh, eventual confrontation between Obi-Wan and Vader. But I was like, yeah. no, this 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 side this side story is so good. It was like, so well done. It it makes you realize we talked about this in the the pre-planning for this episode. It really gives a nice, healthy new context for Luke coming upon the burned homestead in A yeah. New Hope. This shows that Owen and Baru are fighters. Oh yeah, they literally pull the guns and they have like ambush positions ready and all this other stuff. Like I love the idea that they did not go quietly when the Empire came for them because they have been preparing for Luke's. They've been preparing Luke's entire life for the idea that they yeah. might have to defend their home from the Empire. Yeah, and Baru even says, we are enough. Like, we are enough yep. to, to protect him. Because Owen wants to go get more people. Owen wants to get, a, like, a little army together. And she's like, yeah, nope, we're not endangering anyone else. It's just us. It's all, this is all we need. Yeah, and then she even says, she's like, Reva's going to show up at nightfall. So she's like, get ready. Get our positions ready. We're gonna, we only have a couple hours. We're gonna, we'll do this. We got this. It's, yep. really, it's really cool to see. Absolutely. So back on the ship, uh, Haja uh, has apparently spoken to Leia and like calms her down. You know, Ben comes over and he's like, you're welcome. He comes and talks to her and says, you know, I'm sorry, I won't be able to take you home. Um, but I did have something that I wanted you to take with you. And he pulls out Tala's holster that she used right before the battle, the last battle, which I don't know how the heck he got that. That was cool that he managed to just broken, uh, got it for her or got it for him. Roken, Roken was able to grab it, uh, and, which is yeah, you're right. I think I think maybe he was able to get it probably when when they put Obi Wan back into the tunnel with the only the two stormtroopers. So he took out the stormtroopers yeah, and then may- like yeah, Rogan maybe probably grabbed like it. grabbed it. Yeah, yeah, maybe. It's so funny because immediately Leia looks down at the holster and she's like, "It's empty." Like, where's my gun, idiot? <laughs> Obi Wan's like, "You're ten years old, Leia. Yeah. I'm not giving you a blaster." Yeah. But he's like, but you won't always be. He knows, he can sense that she's going to be a leader one day. Yeah. And she, she gives him a big hug and she asks him to come back and he promises that he will. And right after this, then Ben is now examining his lightsaber. So now he's in another room and he's been sitting there and he's just been examining his lightsaber and he calls out to Qui-Gon. And what he says is really, really interesting. And because it's so finite of a, of a, a way of thinking, he says, I have to face him, master. Whether he dies or I do, this ends today. Now, that quote I thought was really cool because it really shows, like, to his mindset, he has to kill Anakin. Now, keep that in mind. His yes. brain mindset is... It's not Vader. It's Anakin. Anakin has to die or I have to die. So he he still mind. believes that Anakin is in there, yeah. but yeah. you know he, he has yet to realize the danger. Yeah. So then Roken comes in. And he tells him that he doesn't have to do this. He really, Roken does not want him to leave. I can fix the drive. Like, we can fix it. We can get you out of here. We can, we, we, you don't have to do this. And he starts getting angry at Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan's like, no, I, can, I, I have to do this. And he looks at him and he's like, you want to do this. And like, he's like, it's not for us. It's like, he's like, you want to do this. It's about you and him. And Obi-Wan just kind of looks at him and he's just like, J- just keep them safe. That's all. Just, just keep them safe. And Roken replies, keep yourself safe too. But then Obi-Wan, before Roken turns to leave, Obi-Wan says, Roken, there are not many leaders left. People follow you. Don't stop. And then Roken, with the badass line, says, just getting started. That was so cool, man, because he's, dude, he's got to be there. He's got to be in the beginning of 
the resistance. Like if Roken yep. is not a founding member of the resistance, I will be disappointed. The the beauty of the rebellion is that it has so many different leaders. You know, we're I know, seeing I know. He's the leader of the path, and that's just one of the many rebel sects that we then yep, see formed yep. into the greater. That's why it's called the Rebel Alliance. Ayy. They are an alliance of different rebellions that are working together. Their causes may not be exactly the same, but their goal is the restoration of the Republic. Technically, they're, they're, it's, called, yeah. it's, the, it's the Alliance to Restore the Republic, is what yep. the official name of the rebellion is. So after this conversation, Ben goes into uh, a shuttle. On the bridge of the Star Destroyer, Vader instructs them to follow this shuttle that launches from the ship. And the Grand Inquisitor, you know, he's been gone for a while, but he's already, he's already flexing his little muscles. He's like, mm -hmm. you know, Vader, we, we can finally end the path in its entirety. Well, why waste all these resources on one Jedi? Yeah. And Vader's like, it's not just any Jedi. So we get this awesome shot of a Star Destroyer just turning and following this small little shuttlecraft. Now we're going to get kind of a back and forth. So just, just be aware that we're going to be jumping, audience. We're going to be jumping back and forth pretty quickly. So we're going to start with Tatooine. So back on Tatooine, Luke is led to a small room, uh, kind of like a back room, like a, like a storage room. And Owen says that the Tuscans are on their way and they are raiding the area and that Luke needs to run if they tell him to run. So if you got to go, you got to go. Don't wait for us. Then they hug him and tell him it's going to be okay, which I thought was, that was kind of cute. You know, they yeah. really definitely care about this kid. And then all of a sudden we cut and we see Obi-Wan landing on the planet. And then Vader, we cut back to Vader. And then Vader says that he will follow alone, that everybody will just stay there and he's going to yep. go alone. And then we go back to the planet and we see Ben land. And then we see Vader on his way. And then when we cut back to Ben, we see Lola is on board with Obi-Wan. Yep. And he looks at Lola as he's getting off the ship with, like, these, like, really loving eyes. Like, he's obviously thinking about Leia. Yeah, Leia is with him. He just, like, leaves her on the console, and Lola kind of, like, gets sad a little bit, and he walks yeah. off his ship. Back on Tatooine, we see Reva walking toward the house. And she's, she's not doing great. She's, she's breathing pretty heavy. Yeah. Uh, a perimeter alarm goes off, and Owen says she's here. Meanwhile, at the same time, Vader lands on the planet and sees Obi-Wan standing there just waiting. And he has this amazing line where he just says, Have you come to destroy me, Obi-Wan? And we get a classic Obi-Wan Kenobi. He ignites his lightsaber, spins the blade, and does his signature pose. And he just says, I will do what I must. And Vader goes... Then you will die. And I'm like, all right, here we go. The rematch of the yep. century, baby. I go. want one of those old-timey like boxing posters with the two of them on it. <laughs> yes. I have the foam finger. I'm like, let's go, yeah. let's go. Blades start to clash, and it's just such a it's such a cool form because we're now we're seeing like people complain about the lightsaber battle in episode three not being like entertaining enough for them. This is now we're seeing like Obi-Wan's back and back to a good sense of his old form, so he's getting to do the actual cool moves. Yeah. Meanwhile, we cut back yeah. to Tatooine, and Reva has made it inside the house. She's ignited her blade, and she walks in the middle of the courtyard area. The, the, the houses on Tatooine always look really cool to me. They're like that. I know. That they're pretty circular, cool. Circular, like, setup, uh, Mesoamerican style. There are also, like, these ditches because it's cooler down there. So yeah. it's, like, this really nice, like, underground area with, like, a just a little sky cap thing. It's really cool. Yeah, I, like I, I under, the science behind it is actually, like, sound. It's really cool. It's, yeah, it's really cool. Baru and Owen just start blasting 
uh, Frank, started Re- Frank Reynolds. I started blasting <laughs> with my guns. Yeah. And she's she's clearly weakened, so she's not that great at deflecting, but like they're also they're two they're two moisture farmers shooting at her, so like, you know, not that much of a challenge, but also like she's you know, who will win in a fight? One wounded Sith Inquisitor or two or two farmy boys. Yeah, pretty much. Like she's not doing too well. No. So Vader's also not doing too well. Nope. Vader is now getting pushed back by Ben. And I'm going to call him Ben right now because I still I was just think about to say. Obi-Wan. It's tough to say because I see it as two different people at the moment, like two different psyches. I see Ben and Obi-Wan, and I see this weird mixture of the two. Yeah. Um, I'll say Obi-Wan for now. So no, no, he's Ben. He's I think I think you're right. I think he's Ben until a certain point in the episode. I think he's still Ben right now. Yeah, but I think he accepts himself as Obi uh, as Ben. I think he accepts himself as Ben post battle and puts Obi Wan aside. Does that make sense? That makes sense. But for as of right now, like in this middle of this fight, I say we call him Ben. Well, I <laughs> Obi Wan Ben. He's using the Force and he starts dropping rocks on Vader. They're on this planet that has these rock pillar formations kind of like dragon ball z to be honest and yeah, it, they're a little I, smaller. I did think drag yeah i they're they're shorter but i, I definitely got dbz yeah. vibes so he starts throwing these rocks at him and he tries to topple one of them on top of vader and as soon as it happens vader just stops it right away yep. and he looks at him and he says your strength has returned but the weakness still remains. And he says that like, he like says still remain. And it's, it's really cool. Yeah, you hear really Vader cool. grunting and like going Rah! like every time he attacks Obi-Wan, which is not something we've heard a lot in battles of like, well, it's because he wasn't Vader. trying. Exactly. He wasn't well, trying. I think he every- was trying because Vader was like grunting as he's trying to, to fight. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He was trying in this fight. I'm saying oh, like yeah. in the oh, battles yeah. that we've seen, like even in the original series when he's fighting Luke, yeah. He's just testing him. The entire time he's testing him to see if he's worthy of being an apprentice. Yeah. But in this right, battle, right. no. All it is is the rage. This is the one singular man that he blames for his failure. Yes, you're right. You're very right. So after this, he's able to push back Obi-Wan. Vader then uses the force and opens up a massive crater. Yeah. In the ground. This was awesome. And he goes, and that is why you will always lose, referencing the weakness still remains. He traps him inside at the bottom of this crater and pummels him with rocks. He throws rocks on top of him like you wouldn't believe. Like, it's a giant crater, and then it's just a massive amount of stones just being thrown on him. As he looks at the crater, he says, did you really think you could defeat me? You have failed, master. And then he just, like, turns his blade off and walks away. We cut to Reva, who has made her way to the little shed area where Luke is, and Owen is the only thing between her and the door. And she says, you really love the boy, like he is your own. And Owen has this amazing line. He says, he is my own. It's great. And it, I love Again, it. I love knowing that this, that this man, you know that he put up a fight when the Empire oh, yeah. came. Because oh, yeah. he's done this before. Yeah. And he asks her what she wants, and she just says, justice. And it's like, you know, it's her own sick, twisted version of justice. Exactly. Owen's able to hold his own for a little bit of time, but like, you know, she's still able to use the force. And she has a 
a lightsaber, let's be real. Yeah, yeah. And he gets a and, good like hit on her. Like he's able to like hit her. Yeah, he, he hits her he in, can... in in the blade um the stabby stab area. Her wound, yeah. that's what it's called. I like that the stabby stab spot. <laughs> and she uses the force to like knock him over. So then he starts screaming, like, She's coming, she's coming. And Baru hits hits Reva upside the head. Yo, too. bro. Bing! And Luke manages to like escape out of a ceiling hatch and he starts running towards that cave formation that we saw Obi-Wan watching the homestead from. And Reva's hot yeah. on his tail. Yeah, Reva just starts like hobbling, trying to get him. So after that, we're back with Obi-Wan. And he's stuck under a tremendous amount of debris. And he's trying to hold it back with the force and clearly is struggling. He keeps hearing all his failures, you know. He keeps hearing Anakin, Vader, the fights from episode three, uh, the every single time. And, well, both episode three of Obi-Wan and, and you know, Star Wars episode three. Yes. He's hearing all of his failures. He's, he's being bombarded by it. He's being literally crushed by it. <clears throat> crushed by the weight of his failure, you say? Oh. Oh. And then I will say this. In perfect Spider-Man fashion... He starts remembering Leia and Luke, mostly Leia, and he starts kind of getting this intense, like, I can do this. I have to do this. And he just pushes all of the debris away, like just go. It goes flying. And so he makes it up the crater and then we cut and we see Vader and Vader's now just walking to his ship and he's just walking. And I kind of looks like he's floating for a little while until we get the close up shot of him walking. He's he's felt this is happiness for the first time ever. Like he's like, oh boy, I got to get my revenge finally today. Oh, that's why he's actually floating. <laughs> you <sense>. thought. <laughs> yes. So it gets this close up on Vader and he just stops and he just stands there. And then all of a sudden you hear Obi-Wan's blade and boom, they blades start, you know, once again, they start clashing. But this time, Obi-Wan's on the offensive. Yep. He's clearly fighting offensively, which he Anakin is Anakin's not used to that because you no, know, which which is a really good because his entire teachings is uh, you know I only use defense and this and uh-huh. once time and again we see that Obi Wan is the best duelist of the Jedi Order. I maintain this. Everyone thinks it's Anakin because of how flashy he is or Mace Windu because of how aggressive he is. It's Obi Wan because he knows how he knows how to study his enemies and turn their knowledge and tactics against them. For Obi Wan's yeah. and Anakin's entire lives. Obi-Wan has been the defensive one. So Vader never really has to put up any force, you know, defenses because he's like, I'm, I'm the one who's always going on the offense. Yep. So for, for him to turn the tables, for Obi-Wan to turn the tables and start a- attacking offensively yep. completely throws him off guard. Yeah. Vader's able to stop his blade uh, a couple times and he stops it with the force a couple times and, and they're fighting, but clearly Vader is like, what the hell is going on here? This is not, he he does not normally fight like this. What's happening? Obi-Wan then uses the Force and completely pushes Vader up against one of the pillars, one of those stone pillars. Then Obi-Wan uses the Force and picks up a massive amount of rocks, more than Vader yeah. picked up when he threw them at him. And he just starts pummeling Vader with rocks, like just smashing him with rocks. Like yep. bullets, just like cannon fodder, like like hitting him like crazy. And Vader's like, oh, 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 he's like getting his shit rocked. And then Vader just tries to jump through it. He kind of leaps forward toward 
Obi-Wan, and then the blades just keep clashing. Yep. Which then cuts us back to Reva, who is stopped by the rock formation, you know, around the house, and she's looking around for Luke. And Luke is crawling around above her, trying not to be seen. She's kind of doing, like, the, the where are you kind of looking around. He's apparently mm-hmm. Batman Luke, because she can't see yes. him, even though he's right above her. It is nighttime on a desert planet, let's be true. real here. True, but she has, the, she has the glowy blade. She could use it to illuminate the... Eh, whatever. Doesn't matter, because we got to cut back to Obi-Wan and Vader. And this is the part where we see Obi-Wan finally having the upper hand, like, fully. And he gets a couple of good knocks on... I love... There's a shot where he takes the, the hilt of his lightsaber blade, and he starts slamming yeah. it into Vader's control panel on his suit. Which then yeah. starts fucking with Anakin... Or starts fucking with Vader's suit. And it yeah. makes him not able to fight as effectively. And then we get an awesome swing from obi-wan and he cuts vader's helmet open which by the way that's why vader has that scar on the top of his head in return of the jedi what's crazy too is that he um he's doing that like breathing thing like we hear in episode in episode six where we hear him like struggling to breathe like the like we yeah. hear that we hear that but vader is caught off guard again because obi-wan lunges for him like crit like the most offensive move yeah that i think we've he, seen him do he's he saw an opening and he takes it because he's he's vader's lost this fight because he's opened you know he opened himself up to an attack in the middle and it damages control systems vader is at the mercy of his armor you know it's yeah. it's, it's, it's the only thing keeping him alive but it's also his biggest detriment uh we see in novelizations too that palpatine even says that anakin's potential would have surpassed his own in time had he not been injured. This mm-hmm. suit is designed in every possible way to, yes, keep him alive, but keep him hobbled. He's still more powerful than most Jedi or Sith that you would encounter, but he is nowhere near his full strength that he was before. And this is very clear because he has lost his fight and his, his mask has literally been opened, revealing this horrible face behind it of burns and scars and pain. As Vader looks up, we hear Anakin and Vader mixed breathing. And Obi-Wan looks in absolute horror as he sees the husk of the man he once knew. The shell of Vader's armor encasing a destroyed, damaged Anakin. Obi-Wan's like, Anakin. Dude, it was... It was so hard to watch this scene yeah. without getting emotional. I, I've, I've, I, so what I normally do is I watch the episode and then I'll watch it again and write the script while I'm watching it. And every single time I've watched it now, multiple times, I have like started crying. I'm going to be 100% here. This is a very yeah. sad scene. So what happens is Obi-Wan kind of, he, he starts to lower his blade. We see him lowering his blade. He's, he's yeah. terrified. He's, he's f- terrified of sadness, if that makes sense. After Obi-Wan says Anakin, we hear Anakin's voice mixed with Vader's voice. James Earl Jones and Hayden Christensen combined. Yeah, it's amazing. Combined. And he says, Anakin's gone. I am what remains. And Obi-Wan just starts crying. Yeah. He, he, he kind of takes a couple steps forward and he even yeah. says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Anakin, for all of it. And he's crying. But in, in this weird, amazing moment, uh, we see the light 
in Vader's eyes that were glowing red a moment ago when his, when his mask was cut open returns to the calm, serene eyes of his old friend Anakin Skywalker. Very briefly. In that moment, we, we do not hear the voice of Vader. We hear the trapped soul of Anakin Skywalker. And he says, I'm not your failure, Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. And then the red light of his lightsaber shines as the only light. And he says, I did. And then we see Vader smirk. And it is, it's just so cinematically well done. Yes. And we see him starting to cry. When, when we see Vader crying, or Anakin, I should say, we see Anakin crying while he says, I'm not your fit. Like, he's, he's crying just a little bit. Yeah. It's because, it's because Anakin's been locked away for 10 yeah. years now. This is the first time that he's managed to break through. Just a little bit. It's just so a little bit. Minuscule. And then the, then the doors slam shut almost immediately. If you weren't really looking at his eyes, you would very, very subtly see it. Like, it's, it's so hard to see the eye change. I barely saw it. You, I know, saw it right away. I barely oh, yeah, I texted saw it you. Anything. I was like, oh, my God, that was Anakin. That wasn't Vader. Yeah. yeah. So after this, after the, the Vader smirk, he says, the same way I will destroy you. Chilling. Obi-Wan, he just looks devastated. I think he saw his friend die in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Because he says, then my friend is truly dead. The look of disappointment. Yeah, it's disappoint. It's not even sadness. It's disappointment. Like, I think that there was a part of him that believed his friend was still in there and that yeah. he could reach him if only he could defeat him. And again, this is the same pain that he went through in episode three of Revenge of the Sith. Because, yeah. he, you know, the entire time that they're doing that duel, he's fighting and pleading with his friend to try to bring him back, even as they're, even as they're dueling to the death on that molten world. Yeah. And I think it's finally he realizes that there is nothing he can do to redeem his friend. And Vader is clearly hobbling towards him, like, you know, ready to finish the fight. Looks like a zombie. He does. There's no way he can win. And I think Obi-Wan even realizes he just says, goodbye, Darth. And that is the first time he acknowledges him not as Anakin. Yeah. He calls him Darth, which, you, which again, episode uh, four, A New Hope, only a master of evil, Darth. Like, he, he just calls him Vader. Like, he believes his friend yeah. is dead in that moment. Yep. Which it forms his, his relationship with Vader going forward, even when he's passed on into the next realm, when he's consulting Luke about the whole situation. Yeah. You know, he truly believes that Vader is gone, or that Anakin is gone, and that Vader is what remains. Yeah. And, and he just leaves him. And as he leaves, we get this amazing scream from Vader, who sounds James Earl Jones and Hayden Christensen combined. He just screams, Obi-Wan, and then collapses to the ground. And he yells his name again as he sees the ship leave. I'm going to say it right now. This was the best scene in the entire episode. Maybe the best scene of the whole series. I agree. I, it was so awesome because I think there was a part of, a part of Vader and a part of Hayden Christensen or, or a part of Anakin that was hoping that this was his way out. That if Obi-Wan killed him, he could finally rest. And I, and I think that his, he's been robbed of that, of that release. You know, Obi-Wan didn't kill him because he knew it wasn't his place to do it. Yeah. Vader's suffering had to continue. Now, 
I, I will say this. I do think that I think they had to do this for the plot to go on. I wish there had been like some magical reason for them to have gotten separated. Like the Grand mm-hmm. Inquisitor showed up and like, mm-hmm. you know, fired on a ship that made Obi-Wan flee the flee the battlefield or something. I would have liked to have seen that. Because I feel like yeah. if Obi-Wan really did accept the fact that Anakin was gone, he would have killed Darth Vader. I agree. I, I think that's I think that's the only that is the most minor of critiques of this episode because it is yeah. such a perfect way to end it. I just wish there was a reason for Obi-Wan to leave without a final like attempt to yeah. destroy because even if he even if he does believe that that Anakin is gone, this person, Darth Vader, is a threat who has been hunting down Jedi for ten years. Yeah. And he should have eliminated that threat. But it's also kind of funny because that is that is a pattern with Obi-Wan of not being able to finish <laughs> finish his villains. Cough, cough, maul. So now, after this crazy, amazing battle and this whole sequence, we're back on Tatooine. And Reva is still searching for Luke. She uses the Force because she can sense him in the area and she makes him fall off the cliff. As soon as this happens, Ben senses what's happening. I, will, I personally think it's Ben now. I think he's accepted his future as being Ben. And he's put his past self, I guess you could say, behind. But he understands what's going on right away. He can sense it. And he jumps straight to Tatooine. He says Luke's name and jumps straight to Tatooine. Now Reva is just looking at a Luke, just like laying there. She ignites her blade. And then as soon as she's ready to strike, all of a sudden she just starts seeing, from her perspective, Luke turning into her as a kid. Yes. And she clearly is having an internal struggle about this. She keeps seeing flashes of Anakin, of her past, of her friends, of ev- like everything that goes on. We hear it and she's about to to hit Luke. We see her like lift up her blade and then it cuts. Cuts right to Ben, who is I he, they must have been just outside the neighborhood of Tatooine because he lands yeah. the, like 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 5 10 minutes later and uh, Owen and Baru are outside just screaming Luke's name, looking for him. And all of a sudden, they see a, a figure walking toward them. And it's Reva holding Luke. And everyone thinks he's dead. She lays him down on the ground, and he finally begins to stir a little bit. She couldn't do it. She couldn't kill him. Yeah, couldn't Owen do and Baru run over. They don't really look at Reva. They just kind of like take care, of the, take care of Luke, and they like grab him and take him into the house. And Ben walks over, you know, his hand's still on his saber a little bit, and Reva just says, I couldn't do it. I failed them. He killed them all, and I couldn't do it. Clearly in reference to her friends that she's wanted to yep. avenge for the last ten years. Yep. And Obi-Wan comforts her and says, you haven't failed them. By showing mercy, you have given them peace. You have honored them. And then she starts to cry, and she says, have I become him? And he says, no, you've chosen not to. Who you become now is up to you. And I, I love this for her because she, she truly, she is not Vader. If she was Vader, no. she wouldn't have asked that question. Not at all. Yeah, no, she's definitely She's not. had some rage issues, and I'm sure the lady who lost her hand in episode one would disagree. But <laughs> hopefully, she, hopefully she went to those, uh, those techno guys and they gave her a new fancy hey, one. There you go. She just drops her lightsaber blade. And Obi-Wan helps her up and tells her that, that she is free now, that they both are. And then after this sequence, we're back on Mustafar. Vader is in his throne room talking to none other than the Emperor himself, Palpatine! Hey! 
cameo. I I texted you about this. He looks he looks surprised. He looks like he didn't expect to be in the cameo either. Yeah. <laughs> he he looks like Deborah Chow showed up at his house with like a makeup crew and was like, "Hey, you got ten minutes?" And he's like, "Uh, okay, perfect. Keep that for expression. We'll be, we'll we'll set up the cameras. We'll be ready." <laughs> so Vader's explaining to Palpatine that he's going to use all the resources available to him, and he's going to find Obi-Wan, and he's like, I'm going to find him. He's, he's, uh, he's around here. I'm going to get him. Like, that's basically Vader right now. Like, he is losing his shit. Palpatine's just like, whoa. Palpatine's, like, looking at him like, what the fuck, bro? Chill. He's like, he goes, he goes, I wonder if your thoughts are clear on this, Lord Vader. Dude. Uh, perhaps your feelings of your old master have left you weakened. You know, if your past cannot be overcome... And yeah. the thing is, he says, left you weakened, which I think Vader instantly thinks about when he told uh, Obi-Wan, like, oh, you have your strength, but the weakness still remains. And yeah. then I think, you see Vader just kind of sit there. He, he, he immediately tightens up. Back. Like, he just, he yeah, tenses. He tightens up. He tenses and he tightens up and he leans back in his chair. And I think that's when he starts to realize what he needs to do. And he just calms down. And he just says, Kenobi means nothing. I serve only you, my master. And Vader, now dropping his past, we then get this really nice pan out of his throne room, again, reminiscent of what it's like inside his helmet. And he is just kind of sitting there in his throne room alone. Kind of of like the meditation pod we see in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So uh, there's a bit of a time jump at this point now. We we cut back to Alderaan, and we see Leia getting ready by herself. You know, she puts on her white outfit and the the, the boots, but this time she's wearing uh, the gloves that Obi-Wan bought her and the holster that he gave her. The, the queen walks in, and she's shocked, and she's like, is that a holster? And she's like, yeah, and she goes, I love it. She's like, I love it. It was adorable. I it was great. It. And, and, and it's so funny because I was like, that'd be a great spot for Lola. Too bad she's with Obi-Wan. Dun, dun, dun. We see a ship, you know, coming into land. You know, it's very reminiscent of when she was at that landing pad to meet to greet her cousins in episode one. Organa says, says uh, you know, what have you decided? And she goes, you said there were many ways to lead. And it was so great. She's finally learning that she needs to stick with what she's good at. And then she's going to be a leader one day. And I like that. She's given up like dreaming about what's out there Mm -hmm. and realizing that she can do good right here. And Bale says, well, hey, there's got a surprise for you. And we see Obi-Wan Kenobi walk out of the ship and he brings Lola with him and gives gives it back to Leia. Who runs right past him, by the way, like doesn't even say his name. She just goes Lola and then runs right past (laughs) Obi-Wan. But this does give time for Bale to talk to Obi-Wan about the situation in the galaxy. You know, Organa says uh, the Empire grows stronger and bolder. And Obi-Wan extends the famous invitation to him and says, if you need me, you know where to find me. And that's where I'm going to have to disagree with you a little bit, Kevin, because you're saying that now he's accepted his role as Ben. I disagree with that. I think that Obi-Wan has accepted the fact that he is still needed as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ben Kenobi is a guy who can sit on a rock on Tatooine and not be involved in the galaxy at large. Obi-Wan Kenobi is the one who, when called upon, will rise up again to help try to free the galaxy. You gotta remember, prior to, prior to uh, the events of A New Hope, you know, we see in Rogue One, Bail Organa sends Leia to get him because he thinks that they're gonna need General Kenobi 
to lead their ground forces, mm. to lead the forces mm. of the Rebel Alliance. You know, they're not expecting the Death Star to blow up Alderaan. Okay, makes sense, makes sense, makes sense. They were hoping that Leia would go grab Obi-Wan, bring him back, and then he would be part of the ruling council of okay. the Rebellion. I subscribe to this. Okay, I'll take it. But instead, we get Luke Skywalker. Dumb kid. <laughs> Who just wanted to go to the Toshi Station and pick up some power converters. We've all been there, right, folks? Know, We've all right? been Come there. Come on. Come on. So after this, Leia asks what he's going to do now. And he says, oh, I'm not sure. And uh, he asks her what he should do. And she just looks at him. She's like, I think he should sleep. <laughs> and he's like laughing. He's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I totally should. And she asks him, you know, basically like, are you going to be all right? Essentially, that's kind of yep. what she's going for. And he leans down and he tells her, he goes, you know, the last time you asked me about your parents, like I said, I didn't really know well, anything. That wasn't true. Didn't really know them or anything. And he looks at her and is like, I, you know, he says, look. And, and, and what got me too was he says, princess. And I'm like, say it, say it. And he goes, princess Leia. And I'm like, ah, I wanted him to say Padme. <laughs> um, but he looks at her and he says, you are wise, discerning, kind hearted. These are qualities that came from your mother. But you are also passionate and fearless, forthright. And these gifts come from your father. Both were exceptional people who bore an exceptional daughter. And he says that he wishes he could tell her more. But she just kind of looks at him and is like, it's okay, don't worry about it. Like, that's yep. enough. Like, that, that, that'll be good enough for me. And she asks if uh, she will see him again. And he he says if she needs help from a tired old man, <laughs> which I was like, yeah, sounds about right. And uh, they say their goodbyes and stuff. And uh, he looks at her and he says, may the force be with you. And then he just leaves. There's one little tiny detail that I love from this sequence, too. Obi-Wan basically tells her, you know, no one can know about what we did together because it could endanger us both. Yes, he does. And which, which, yeah, that was, interesting. which is interesting because that is why in the hollow message that she sends to Luke, she says, General Kenobi, years ago, you served my father in the Clone Wars. She's being diplomatic in this even then because she knows the secret. She doesn't know why there's a secret, but she knows that this secret is important. Even as an adult, she's like, I made a promise to him that I would not reveal that we knew each other. So I'm going off. So if anybody captures this message, it's, it's a, the most diplomatic thing I can say. You served my father in the Clone Wars. Everyone knows that. No one knows that you went on a secret mission to save me when I was 10. Aha! I was like, that's such a cool way to wrap up the plot hole of her not knowing who Obi-Wan was. And it also leads a great segue into uh, when Luke rescues her. And he says, you know, I got your R2 unit. I'm here with Ben Kenobi. And she's like, oh, Ben Kenobi? Like, she knows who yeah. this is. She's like, yeah. all right, let's do it. Let's go. I'm yep. saved again. Let's get out of here. Let's go. And I was like, this is such a good way to wrap up their journey together. I love that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He takes off, and he lands on Tatooine, and he's closed up his shop in the little cave, which I was like, are you kidding me? In this economy, you're closing a, 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 a lovely one-bedroom cave, open floor <laughs> plan, you know, desert adjacent. This seems like a, a yeah, lovely dude. place. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Very spacious. Too. Bigger than my apartment now. Very spacious. He's finally dressing like a Jedi again. Before, he was just kind of dressing like a desert traveler. Yeah. Admittedly, a, a desert traveler who's on the cover of Gucci, but hey. <laughs> he's dressing like a Jedi now, and actually, Variety he's... Variety magazine, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. 
And he's dressing like a Jedi now. And he's actually dressed like a Jedi from uh, a, a comic book. I can't remember the exact comic book, but you can look, if you look it up. Yeah, it's the new one. It's episode, uh, or episode, it's, it's issue 15, I think, of the Star Wars comic. Okay, thank you. It yeah. It's like the front cover. Yeah. He looks, looks pretty darn good. Looks badass. And he decides that he's going to go, he, he notices the little toy uh, hanging on the, one of the saddlebags. And he decides he's going to go uh, visit Owen and Luke one last time. So he travels over, and Owen is outside with Luke, and you know Luke's Luke's uh, fiddling with something. Uh, Owen walks up, and you know he says, "What are you, what are you doing? I thought you were going to keep your distance." And uh, Obi Wan tells Owen he was right. Luke needs to be a boy. You know, uh, Obi Wan was more and more like, "All right, you know, the second he has Force powers, bring him to me. He's going to be a Jedi." Yep. And I think he realizes now, like he saw what happened to Leia. Like Leia had to grow up in those in these last couple mm-hmm. of weeks that she's been on the run. Yeah. And she's going to be an adult from here on out now. But Luke, his innocence is still preserved. Yes, he had that traumatic experience with Reva, but, you know, they can chalk it up to, hey, remember that crazy thing that happened? Yeah. You know, he doesn't yeah. really know what happened. So, so right now, Luke is still innocent, and he gets to be a kid for now. You know, he says the future will take care of itself. The only protection that they, they need is them. And as he gets ready to leave, Owen looks at him and says, hey, Ben, do you want to meet him? The excitement on Ben's face when he's like, wait, what? I, I, what? Yeah. Yeah. Really? You're sure? You're sure? He's so, he's like a, a puppy. He's so excited. Yep. He walks over to Luke and he's holding the toy ship and Luke looks ecstatic. He's like, oh, who's this guy? He looks cool. Yeah. And we get it. He says the line. I was like, yeah, I was, it was great. He just walks over to him and he just looks at him and he goes. Hello there. It was great. I loved it. It was awesome. And you know they were like hiding it. But it was so great because everyone was everyone was so mad in episode two when he was when he just said hello and everyone was like, no, he didn't say the thing. It's like, guys, it's coming, I promise. <laughs> so <laughs> after this, Obi-Wan now is just moving through the desert by himself. We see him just trekking through the desert. And he comes across a new rock formation. And all of a sudden he starts seeing someone in the distance just uh, appearing out of thin air and finally finally we see qui-gon he's just standing there as a force ghost and he just turns around and obi-wan goes master qui-gon and the first thing out of his mouth he looks at him and turns he's like well took you long enough oh my god i loved it and then obi-wan says i'm beginning to think you know you never come and qui-gon looks at him and he says i've always been here obi-wan you just were not ready to see me and then he just kind of looks at him and he's like, all right, come on. We've got a lot. We've got a ways to go. And it just sees the two of them going through the desert. And then that's it. Together. That's the end of it, which, you know, we were going to get a Qui-Gon cameo. I knew it. I told you. I told it was pretty you. much we were going to. Oh, yeah. I, didn't, I never disagreed. I thought we were going to, too. I thought it was going to be something profound. I, know, I thought yeah, it was going to be like yeah. coming to him in a vision. Yeah, yeah. But this is honestly better yeah it was just yeah. like it was two old friends reuniting in a long time no pomp no circumstance no grand it was just it was just finally and you know this this goes to like the i guess the modus operandi of of ghosts of the force yeah, like force yeah. spirits you know uh obi-wan even says it to luke in episode five you know i cannot interfere yeah which which then gets thrown away in the last jedi when yoda lights a fucking tree on fire with lightning yeah, but we don't, yeah, talk, yeah, about we don't talk about that okay so before we start getting into our thoughts on the episode, and more Force Ghost stuff. We are going to take a quick little break, and we'll be right back. 
Okay, we are back. We are now going to do our unbiased review of the episode. As always, Kevin, hit me with what you thought first. Okay, so what an amazing finale to an amazing series. That's what I got to say. Yes. Absolutely loved it. This episode has a lot to unpack, and I will start chronologically. So the beginning, okay. I thought was a great reference, the opening sequence of episode four. Like, I thought that was really fun. The ship that the rebels have at this point, because I'm going to call them rebels, because they, they are rebelling, okay? They are rebels. Yeah. Uh, the ship that they have was even smaller than the one that the rebels, you know, eventually get. So it just shows how something so formidable yeah. starts from something so teeny-weeny. The rebels we see in A New Hope are the militarized ones, and they're still in that rickety little tiny ship. Yeah. Which, by the way, the, blo- the blockade runner is my favorite capital ship in Star Wars. Fight me on Hell that yeah. one. yeah. Is the coolest ship ever. And then we got to see Leia's refusal to let Ben leave. And the entire ship expressing their agreement was really fun to see because they were just like, wait a minute, what about, you're staying here, hold on. And they were like yeah. fighting with these, him. These are the last remnants of the people who actually know and care about the Jedi Knights. Like these guys are the last ones, man. Yeah, and it shows that they really need a leader and they want a leader yeah. and they trust him. But yeah. him then saying that they need to survive and that they are the future, and then he's entrusting Roken with that future and Haja. I thought that was a really nice send-off to Rebels, like to the other shows that we have gotten and will be getting about the Rebel Alliance. Like I think yes. that that was a really nice, like, that's how we're going to end this part of the story right now. I thought it was really good, and it was really easy, and it wasn't dragged out, but it was a really easy send-off that... It put a nice little bow on it, and I, I didn't want more in terms of like, oh man, Obi Wan story let me ha- left me hanging. Like I di- it didn't. I, I was fine with that ending of that part of the story. Yes, I agree. And then also the whole uh, Obi Wan trusting Haja. I thought that was a really cool parallel to him seeing the good in Han Solo later on. Like he knows who is a good person and who isn't in like the whole underground world. Like he can tell like it's, it's just uh-huh. what, obviously I'm not going to say that he's basing all of this stuff on Haja alone, but I thought it was, I thought it was a really good way of showing his intuition and kind of almost like a force sense on like, who's a good person. Who can I trust in that world? Obi-Wan's always been in this uh, dark seedy underworld. He's always yeah. been very good at, at, at existing in that world. You know, when we see him interact with Hondo, yep. which, by the way, if we get a season two and Hondo is not included, I will be very upset because I was hoping for it, man. I, I kind of wish there was more Rebels and Clone Wars in this show, but we'll talk about that when it's my turn. Um, I, I think that he's, he's used to being in, the, in this underground world. So, yeah, he's got kind of a feel for scum, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I liked that. Um, again, the Star Destroyer following the little, like, escape pod ship that he's in. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> My friend texted me. I was like, why didn't they launch fighters at the other craft? And I'm like, because then the movie needs to yeah, happen. Right, Come on, right. shut up. It's also reminiscent of the escape pod that R2-D2 and C-3PO are on in episode four because they were like, oh, that's just an escape pod. There's no life forms. Oh, well, screw it. Don't follow it. But this time they do follow it. And it's like, that's why Vader, if you think about it, he was like an escape pod. Damn it, follow the pod. Like, he's just like, ah. Yeah. Like, it, it, I thought it was really funny. You know, I know they wouldn't do this, but how fucking funny would it have been if, like, the rebels on the ship 
watch Obi-Wan launch in the shuttle, right? And then it immediately jumps to hyperspace and leaves them. That would be hilarious. A lot of assumptions there that Vader wouldn't just shoot them first and then go after Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah, right. Imagine uh, Obi-Wan just turns around and just starts firing just a little bit and then turns around and he's like, pew, 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 come get me. And then <laughs> he's just, he's just flying. He's flying. He's just like, thank God I saved the rebels. And you just like to see in the reflection, they just blow up. And he turns and like, uh, oh. Now the fight with Owen and then Owen also saying that Luke is his own. That makes me want more Owen. Like, the whole fight with Owen was great, but then him saying, he is my own. Holy shit, I want an Owen show. I know that sounds stupid, but I love Owen now. Like, that was so He went from a nothing character to a a, a really well-developed and flushed-out character. Absolutely. In the, like, three scenes that he is in in the whole show. Absolutely. And what an amazing job of showing how much they love Luke. Yes. How much they care for him. Like, that was... It adds so much more weight to everything they say in episode four, everything they do for him, and then, like, Luke's reaction to them dying. Like, it's even more heavy. I I loved it. I thought they did a great job, good acting, brilliantly done. Lines were not delivered awkwardly. Lines were written very well. Just the one line of, he is my own, fuck yeah. (laughs) That is a Star Wars line. Well-written lines in Star Wars? That is a Star Wars Well-written lines in Star Wars? No, that's not possible. Fight with Vader. That was amazing. No, no notes. That was incredible. I I, I only have positive notes. It was amazing. I think the way... First off, okay. So, the way the planets that they've fought on, the way the planets are kind of representations of their relationship, like, at Mm -hmm. the time of those battles, like, if you think about it, Mustafar, it's raw, it's, it's explosive, it's fiery, raw power. That battle that they had was filled with rage and sadness and just a lot of explosive emotion. This one yes. is a desolate husk of a planet. It's cold, it's empty, with just lonely rock formations that were just probably a big deal, you know, at the formation of the planet, and they're just now these just desolate, cold formations, and, and you have a, you know, a, it's, it's, it's like a husk of their former relationship. It's a decomposed yep. shell, you know? And you also, again, if you look at the Death Star, that is when it becomes kind of like, they're just regular enemies at that point, and it is more of like a professional battle in the Death Star. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it changes. Well, in the Death Star fight, you know, I feel like we need to talk about this. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi realizes that it's not his story anymore. Exactly. Like, the second they land on the Death Star and they see that Alderaan is gone, Obi-Wan realizes that it is now, it is Luke's story. He's like, I, my part in this journey is over. Now, aside from the setting, the fight yes. itself was done so well. Yes, we finally got to see old-timey lightsaber dueling. I know, which it was, I was really like, cool. Thank God. It wasn't, it wasn't the baseball bat wielding that we've seen yeah. in the sequel fights. Now, I did text you about this. I did notice that Vader is fighting with his right hand the entire time, at least in the beginning before he starts getting overwhelmed. Now, I personally th- saw that as Anakin-style uh, like Anakin coming through, only fighting with his his hand that he built as Anakin, rather mm-hmm. than the Vader stuff. I'm not going to say that that's because using the other hand and stuff is torture for him, 
I saw it more as he's only fighting Obi-Wan with the hand he built as Anakin Skywalker. And I saw that like kind of metaphorically as a, as a, as a thing. Mm -hmm. And that, that very well could be now, uh, when you texted me this, I did talk to you and I'll reiterate now for the podcast, the suit in Canon and, uh, legends, uh, the suit was made in a way to hobble. Yes, Vader. yes, yes, yes. There are more advanced prosthesis out there. You know, the emperor, they even talk about it, like the emperor could have healed him uh, back to almost 95%. Like, you know, like gotten him up there with like the best of modern medicine. I mean, heck we even see like the medicine so good in, uh, the last Jedi that apparently Finn can heal from laser cuts immediately. Yeah. 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 Which, uh, uh, but he doesn't because this Vader is more useful to him as a tool, yep. you know, in a way, Palpatine even breaks the rule of two because he's like, I don't want someone to succeed me. I want to be the, the, the Sith Lord forever. Ha ha ha. Evil laugh. <laughs> and so he makes Vader's suit. Not only is it uncomfortable for him to wear, it, it, it hurts him. It's, it makes him feel pain. And I like the theory that maybe, maybe the reason why he favors the Anakin built hand is because that's the one that doesn't hurt him because it's the only one that wasn't made by the Empire. Now, who knows? Maybe they took that hand away and replaced it. Maybe all four of his limbs yeah. are, you know, imperial grade, which yeah. means terrible. Yeah. Uh, but we don't know. But I do like the idea of him, you know, he's still Anakin in his fighting style. Yeah. You know, there's the idea that, that he was still a little bit of Anakin was living on in his fighting style. And now that he had that final conversation with Obi-Wan, Anakin is gone. Anakin is buried, which is why we yeah. then see him doing double-bladed lights, you know, double-handed lightsaber moves in future movies. Now, even though Obi-Wan has his power back, the line where he says the weakness is still there, it really is. It is really there. And it's him still holding on to the past, his failures, his sadness, his sorrow. And then, of course, I said it a little bit earlier, hinted at it, him being under all those rocks in the crater is a great metaphor for how he was buried under his own pain of the past. And the little bubble of the force is him just trying to get by and just make it through. And it's only when he focuses on the present and the future of what it can bring, that's finally when he overcomes this problem and is basically able to win the battle, not just against Anakin, Vader, but himself, because he has been clouded in the Force this entire time as well due to all of these things. He cannot get over it, and it is his biggest weakness. Finally, he's able to overcome it, and it completely changes. Look at how more powerful he is. Look at how much more powerful he really is with yep. the Force after. Which is why I say that he is, as he escapes those rocks, he is he escapes from the cocoon of failure yep. and reemerges as the Obi-Wan of 10 years ago. I think it's a new Obi-Wan, honestly, because I think it's an Obi-Wan who has moved past the Jedi Order, the failures of Anakin, everything he's gone through. I think it's a new one emerging. That's why his outfit eh. is so white and different at the end. Like, it's, it's like he came out as a light user. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say new. I would say uh, a, an Obi-Wan that has embraced, embraced the past and is using it to fuel his future. Well, this episode has a theme. I wouldn't say one that's moved on. This episode has a theme of the future. It's constantly being 
said by him this whole episode. In the beginning, he says, you are the future. You need to survive. The future will handle itself. The boy needs to be a boy. Like, the future is going to do its own thing. Like, he keeps mentioning the future, and it's hinted, will I ever see you again? All these things. So I think that's the theme of the episode is that you need to let go of the past and look toward the future and trust those around you who care about you and that you care about. And I think that was the whole overall theme of the episode and the whole series. No, I absolutely could see it that way, yes. So the next part of this whole fight, of course, is Vader's face showing. The difference in colors. Yeah, okay, we gotta talk about this. Holy shit. So they use the lighting here cinematically in a great way. They use the blue lighting to show Anakin speaking and we have the mix when it's both of them in the beginning. And then the different colors, you know, throughout the whole sequence, we see the red light finally showing when Anakin is dead. Hearing his voice, seeing his tears, the pain, including Obi-Wan's, that was disgustingly sad. Um, yep. And I think it's at this moment that Obi-Wan finally, like we said earlier, kind of just accepts the fate of Anakin. And then yeah. he calls him by his new name. It's a great way to wrap up their relationship. Now, we talk about season two, a possibility. If there is a season two, Vader cannot appear again. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think I'm telling you right now, Vader and Obi-Wan cannot face each other again until the Death Star. I agree. If they do, that is a mistake. Because I think this is the perfect way to end their relationship. Because that gives, that gives Obi-Wan Kenobi 10 years of going, not Anakin, Darth. Yeah. Anakin, Darth. Yeah. Darth, 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 Darth. Yeah. And the other thing, too, about Darth Vader is it's also about the future for him and giving up the past for himself. So yeah. we see how Vader also eventually then has to accept his past and move on from it to fully become the apprentice that he was meant to be. Well, and because he, he even says in A New Hope, you know, I sense something, a presence I have not felt since. And it's, it's because he's been so far removed from thinking about Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. That he's forgotten what his what his presence in the force feels like. Yeah. He's forgotten the mind touch. Ooh. Now, <laughs> I will say this, I do think that it was a bit quick. I think his acceptance of letting go of the Obi-Wan thing was really fast. Yeah, it's a little yeah. I wish this scene was a little bit more long or maybe it showed him having a struggle to just move on. Yeah, an know. argument with an argument with the Emperor, maybe like to have like a little bit of defiance. Like we never yeah. really see any defiance from Anakin to Sidious, but that could be by design because honestly, when you think about it, Sidious is the only friend Vader has left. Make sure, friend. It's the whatever. only person he has left. I say friend with the biggest air quotes fucking possible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's the only person that he has left from his old life into his new. So maybe that's why he's like, yep, like he, maybe he's just, you know, he's inside. He's just a guy who doesn't want to be left alone again. Yeah. You know, yeah. when it comes to Reva's story, I actually thought it was really well done. I again, yeah. I do think she should have had more scenes. I think the story was a little condensed and could have been longer for everything. I think you and I, you and I are in major agreement with this. I think that the Disney Plus format of only having six episodes per show I think it hurt the show. Yeah, I do. I, I, I think definitely. it definitely hurt the show because I think that we could have had, or at least maybe even just longer episodes to flush out several of the characters a little more. The problem with shows like this where you're incorporating established characters with new characters is that you have to make sure that you give the new characters room to breathe. Yeah. 
Otherwise, they will be overshadowed by the original characters. Yeah. And I think that with this, though, I'm not saying like, oh, I want more content. I mean, I always want more content. But for me, it's a story thing. I wanted to have more of that character because they were new. I was getting invested in their story, and I wanted to know more about it. And I feel mm-hmm. like, I don't want to say I feel like I was robbed of it, but I definitely think that we could have done more. We could have had more. I think that doing more of Reva's story in her own Disney Plus show, I don't think that's a good idea. I think that they should incorporate her in other Disney Plus shows mm. like they did with Bo-Katan, yeah. Katie Stockhouse's yeah, character yeah, yeah, in yeah. Mandalorian. Like, sprinkle her in to increase the flavor of other shows. Because honestly, Star Wars shows on Disney Plus at this point, they are ensemble casts. Yeah, they definitely are. You know, the, the characters that show up in those shows, it's kind of it's cool. They, they can show up in other properties. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Forrest Whitaker's character from Rogue One is in a bunch of properties. You know, that's mm-hmm. a character that actually originated in the Clone Wars, believe it or not, uh-huh. the Clone Wars TV show. Yeah. I don't necessarily think I want to see that character's spinoff show because I've already seen so much of his character in the other properties. And I think yeah. Reva would be a perfect example of another character like that yeah. to, to develop. That being said, if they have a great idea for a story with her, I'll definitely watch it. I think she's she grew on me as the show went on, yeah. especially that, that reveal in episode five completely changed my perspective uh-huh. on her because I was just like, why are you so mad about Obi-Wan? Oh, you want to kill Vader. Yeah. Oh, yeah. this is awesome. Yeah. This is great. I liked that she didn't want to be like Vader. Like, the only driving factor for her was revenge, but revenge does not obviously bring anyone back. I mean, we, we've seen this in countless stories, but Vader could learn a thing or two about that. Like, she is like Vader because she wanted revenge. Well, it's funny because she doesn't even say revenge. She says justice. Yeah, but that's how Vader is looking at it, too. Remember? He thought right, the Jedi, no, exactly. from his perspective, the Jedi were evil, blah, blah, blah. But that's the thing is, when she said, I don't want to be like him, like, am I like him? They actually, for a while, they were very alike. She wanted revenge on him. He wanted revenge on yep. Obi-Wan. So they were yep. very similar, and it looks like the two paths have now diverted. And that's kind of one of those things where I was like, oh, wow, she is almost like a mirror of what he could have been if he yeah. had just realized his mistakes or realized that revenge is not going to fix everything. Mm-hmm. And so I, 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 I think her story felt a bit rushed at times, but I liked it. I thought that was really good. Yeah. Now the Qui-Gon, finally, finally. Yep. Huh. I loved it. I loved every second of it. I've rewatched it. I know that sounds stupid, but I really have rewatched it because I think it's really cool to see. I think that Obi-Wan can finally see him and interact with him because, again, he has accepted everything that has finally happened. He has accepted it. He is no longer clouded in the Force. His connection to the Force is clear, and it's not clouded by his past regrets and all that stuff. And, and it's just overall, like, his emotional state is better. And I loved being able to see Qui-Gon. It made me so happy. I'm just going to leave it at that. I am ecstatic. I was jubilated. Yep. Honestly, for me, like I think we've we we've hit all the points that I've that I could remember wanting to talk about. I think um, I'm excited to see uh, the Andor series that launches later mm-hmm. this year mm-hmm. because I think that we talked about other characters showing up. I think that we could see that. I think you know, Roken would be a great example of someone who could show up. I think Reva would be another person that would be great to show up. Honestly, I think I it sucks that Rebels is already done and has come out because Reva showing up in Rebels 
would have been cool because it would have been a nice guiding voice for Ezra mm. to like to like a, a foil because like because uh, throughout Ezra's journey in Rebels, he has a lot of like influences on his life. Like he's got Kanan Jarrus, obviously the Jedi path. Then he's got Darth Maul, the dark path. And then he's got uh, Ahsoka, who's like the middle, you know, the middle Jedi path. Yeah. But then Reva would be the middle Sith path. It would be kind of cool to, for him to see like the levels of like commitment to the force that he could choose to go like these are these are people that represent what he could do with his life and that would have been a cool thing to have seen speaking of rebels and clone wars that's the only thing that i think was missing from this show was that i wish we had gotten some more references to the clone wars themselves Mm. in our prelude episode we even talked about that great deleted scene that dave filoni unfortunately had to cut from the original clone war series i wish we had seen a version of that in this show I think it would have fit in perfectly. And that's not just because I'm hurt that I was wrong about a theory. I'm fine with that. That's fine. I just think that it would have it would have been nice to see more Obi-Wan and Anakin. Again, eight episodes, Disney. You should have done eight episodes for this show. Show me more of their brotherhood and their interaction through episodes. You know, that would have been yeah. that would have been something that I would have been here for, but at the same time, I am very happy with how the show ended. Again, I do, it sounds so strange for me to say. I don't know if I want a season two, but if you are going to do a season two, Obi-Wan and Anakin cannot meet. They can't even think about each other. Obi-Wan and Vader cannot interact with each other whatsoever. It's got to be like a grounded story based on maybe, you know, maybe this time uh, Luke runs into the huts. Uh, Darth Maul. You know, maybe Darth Owen. Maul. He's around. We've seen that fight in Rebels, though, and it's already perfect in Rebels. True. Go watch Rebels if you haven't seen it, people. It is amazing. We could do like a, a short film, you know, maybe with the two of them in their Clone Wars days. That would be cool. Yeah, I'd be for it. I, I think that's the thing is I want to see more of the characters together, but the only way to get that is to see it previously. And I know I told you this. Yep. It's going to be hard to put these characters all together because now we only have like another 10 years that we could do of story, but some of that story's already been told with like rebels and stuff. Yep. So the best way to do this is to show them when they were younger. But we also had the Clone Wars, so we already got a lot of these characters' stories. So it's really weird and the Soka show is coming, you know. Yeah. The Soka but- show is coming, so we might be able to get some flashbacks between the three of them, Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, and Anakin. That would be cool. I know, I know Ian McGregor and Hayden Christensen both said that they are down for doing more stories. So who knows? We might be able to get them. That would be a probably a surprise cameo if I had to guess. Like this, they, they hyped up the fact that Hayden Christensen was back for the show. But I think for that, that would be like a secret reveal. Yeah, you know? yeah. That would be something like just like a surprise, which that would be really cool. So would you say that you're satisfied? I am definitely satisfied. I think this was... Uh, I'm... <laughs> Again, I want more, but I don't because I know it. it's like yeah. too much dessert will spoil my dinner. Exactly. I am exactly the same way. Well, everyone, it's been a great six-episode series, but it's time for us to wrap it all up. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we hope you enjoyed our coverage. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thank you so much for listening, and hopefully we'll be able to tell you more stories from a galaxy far, far away.